Hi, this is the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. If you've been touched by cancer and have some fear around remaining healthy, you are in the right place. As a 20-year-plus cancer survivor, Haley knows how unsettling it can be to not only hear the words, you have cancer, but also the uncertainty and fear that comes when you have been declared cancer-free. The Cancer Liberation Project was born out of Haley's desire to make cancer less scary for people, to give people hope that they can not only heal from cancer, but live their best, most vibrant life after cancer. Get ready to be inspired with your host, Haley Dubin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Today, I'm sitting down with Valerie David. Valerie is the writer and performer of her award-winning, internationally acclaimed solo show, The Pink Hulk. One woman's journey to find the superhero within that chronicles her journey to become a three-time cancer survivor, first non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, stage two breast cancer, and then stage four metastatic breast cancer, which she has conquered. Valerie is a true superhero. She currently has no evidence of disease, no trace of her cancer as of April 2019. The Pink Hulk has been accepted into 39 different play festivals worldwide since its 2016 debut, performed in over 23 different cities and in Europe. The Pink Hulk is a testament to never give up. It has won several awards and has garnered rave reviews. I look forward to sharing my conversation with Valerie. But before I do, I just want to remind you, if you're looking for some great cancer prevention tips, go to revivewellness.com. That's R-E-V-I-V-E wellness.com and click on free gift. Hi, Valerie. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here. And I have to thank Yvonne from Breast Friends for connecting us. And it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm so happy to have met you. And I'm so looking forward to our conversation. So, you know, first, I'd really love to hear a little bit about you. What made you decide to do a solo show about your experience with cancer? That's a great question. And the reason why I began the solo show journey. Um, uh, Back in 2006, I had done a solo show for a theater, the Mill Brook Playhouse, and it was an hour and 20 minute solo show. And it was Claudia Shears blown sideways through life. So, but it was her show. So I, I had that under my belt of doing a show and on stage for an hour and 20 minutes. But so it's always been in the back of my mind, but I didn't know that the solo show would become the Pink Hulk. And I think that there were many factors involved. I had first been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the late 1990, like 1999. And then I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer in 2014. And I said, you know, I feel like I have a story to tell because I've had two different cancers at two different times of my life. And both cancers I've had affect both men and women, even though we do know that there's a percentage that's smaller than women that men do get breast cancer. But I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which the demographic is usually men in their 40s. So I felt that with both cancers, 
uh, I was able to have a story to tell and to go through this by saying I have had cancer twice and beaten cancer. And then we'll, you know, we'll also talk that we had spoken earlier that that I got cancer a third time uh, with uh, this time stage four metastatic breast cancer. So the pink Hulk became an, a bigger show and added on more to the story where I've now stage four metastatic breast cancer conquered that with no evidence of disease. So I felt that that had occurred in 2018. And I felt that the story was even more impactful having cancer a third time, and especially this time, a stage four diagnosis. Wow. So yeah, you've been through a lot. And, you know, looking at the clips of your show, it just, it exudes so much energy and positivity and, you know, also rawness. I mean, it's, it's, you know, all those emotions. Uh, so I'm sure you are getting lots of great feedback. And it's my guess is you're you're inspiring people that are not just cancer survivors, but anyone that has, you know, a tough go at it, um, challenges. And so I, I was wondering what kind of feedback have you had? It's been amazing. And you know, Haley, I'm so grateful. This the pink hulk exceeded all of the dreams I had for this show with its mission to help inspire and empower people. You're right, not just going through cancer, but any adversity in life. And it's been a real education tool across the board in, in, in inspiration and empowerment. For instance, I did it at Rhode Island College for the nursing department, and it was a great tool for the nurses to get the patient perspective side. And one uh, nurse came up to me and said, I feel like I'm going to be a better nurse understanding what a patient goes through and you walk them through the fire that you've gone through. And then it's also helped uh, caregivers. I remember there was a show that I did in Indianapolis in the Indy Fringe. And I've been, in, I'm so grateful to have been accepted in now 39 different play festivals and performed in over 23 cities, including Europe and going back to Europe, which we'll talk about that as well uh, this summer. But the caregiver, the husband said, you know, I never really understood what my wife went through. And now I do understand. And it's even now, uh, I've been doing it virtually throughout this time period, uh, and we'll be doing in-person performances soon. Uh, but uh, it, it's been an amazing journey in the fact that um, every, it, almost every week or every, you know, several times a week, I get an email or a phone call or some type of text message that says, you know, I didn't really tell anyone that I was going through cancer, but I wanted to tell you that all through this, I thought about you and what you've gone through. And it's getting the club inspired me to fight my own cancer. So it's even now, you know, where it's 2021 and I started this in 2016, it's really, my mission was really to help people. And then the irony is my own show helped me because I was diagnosed with stage four cancer the day the Pink Hulk was opening in a festival in Portland, Oregon. And I was like, and so my own show helped me reactivate my own superhero to fight my cancer. And I kept performing all through that third diagnosis uh, and then found out, you know, we'll talk about that later, the, the 
very grateful news, but it really has been um, a journey that I I'm so proud of and so grateful for and all the support of my family and friends and doctors. Cause you know, with cancer, you can't go it alone. And I was very grateful to have that support. And I want to keep going with the pink Hulk, especially now during these very um, turbulent times. And I've had friends say, you know, I, uh, you know, I loved your show and um, I, it made me inspire me to live life on my terms. And I quit my job and started my own business because of you. Things like that. And then there was someone that had MS that came up to me after the show. And during the show, I have this scene with the bike marathon where I complete a bike marathon shortly after I finished treatment. And this woman said, you know, I have been wanting to bike, but I have MS and I didn't think I could do it. And seeing your show, it inspires me to try biking. So uh, it's really been um, uh, an incredible journey. And I learned so much from the audience and they bring so much to me that I'm inspired by the audiences who see the show. And, you know, I think people in these situations feel so alone. And like you said, you know, this one didn't, tell anyone that she was going through cancer, but she thought of you. And, you know, I think people are looking for that support and, and, and camaraderie in, in what they're going through. So I commend you so much. And I was curious, how did you come up with the name, the pink Hulk? That, you know, I have to say that the pink Hulk name, Haley, it could not have been a better name for this show on so many levels. First off, the pink Hulk. Every cancer, as we know, has their ribbon. And we know that pink is breast cancer. And so the lymphoma ribbon is the Hulk green, that live green. So the pink Hulk represents both of my cancers, uh, the the you know, pink ribbon and the green of the Hulk. And then the other irony that happened with the pink Hulk is that the Hulk represents anger and, but power anger. So when I got cancer the second time, I was like, what? I already had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now I have breast cancer. So I thought, I'm done with cancer. I had it once in my life, diagnosed when I was 30. You know, okay, I had cancer, done. And then to get it again and a different cancer, I was really angry. And that anger propelled me to become the Hulk and the advocacy person that I am now and to try to fight the cancer. Because I wasn't so much scared the second time as more like, what? Are you kidding me? This, uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, So, um, and then the other irony is that I went to high school with the current uh, Marvel superhero Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. And I had, um, uh, when I was diagnosed and, and, you know, we had um, talked a little bit about this, that I was uh, in 2014, I was celebrating my 15th anniversary of being cancer-free and cured of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, And I was in Aruba with my best friend celebrating July of that year. And then I had found a lump. And that's the other thing we need to be in tune with our bodies and also never sacrifice your health because I waited 
on that lump because I was getting new health insurance that was a better policy. And I thought, oh, I'll just wait. And <clears throat> that turned out to be a huge, that would have been a huge mistake. And I had a friend that's part of the show that said, if you have a lump, then you better go get that checked out right away. So in Aruba, I did notice the lump was getting a little bit bigger. And um, after that trip, my friend, I met her for tea and literally was like, you are calling right now for your doctor. And a month later, after that 15 month anniversary, I was diagnosed with breast cancers. And so I was so just overwhelmed that I had emailed Mark um, very late at night, around like midnight, um, you know, probably closer to one in the morning. And I wrote him an email and I said, Mark, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I'm so angry right now. I could be your um, Hulk counterpart, but I would be pink and didn't know that that would be a show. And he's been such a superhero in my life and has been supportive from you know, from the beginning of my cancer and, and through now, through all, all the three cancers. So that also prompted me because he inspired me with, you know, being the superhero genre, which I love. I'm a big superhero fanatic. I love all, like I'm, I'm always at the midnight opening movies of all of the superhero movies because all of the superheroes that we see have were born from tragedy, from something that happened. Like Bruce Banner, there was a mishap in the laboratory. So he got these superhero powers that he uses to help save people. And same with Superman. He lost you know, his planet and his parents and was sent to America in a little ship to start his life over again and to use his superpowers to help people and do good in the world. So I feel like I'm like this little mini pink Hulk superhero where my powers are to inspire and to empower cancer patients, survivors, their loved ones, and anyone else who's facing adversity in life. Well, you're definitely doing it. And just out of curiosity, how long did it take you to write this? I mean, did you just spit it out? Well, actually, yes, um, that I don't know where it, this will, I, I, I hope every play I ever write happens this way. Um, I write, so after I finished treatment, um, eight months of treatment with surgery, chemo and radiation, and I walk the audience through that. So that's the other thing about the pink Hulk. You really do get the patient perspective, but the other thing that separates my show is there's a lot of humor. So um, guaranteed laughs in there. So you have to find the silver lining and humor in any situation. So um, what happened was um, I finished treatment in um, the end of February of 2015. And then um, that, that um, November, I started writing the pink Hulk. And in less than six months, it went from page to stage. So by June of the following year, it was a full production. And, and, you know, Haley spitting it out, I couldn't stop writing it. I felt that it just something that had to come out of me. And I just kept writing and writing and writing. Even my parents were like, okay, slow down. And I was, it was almost like an obsession where I just had this passion to finish the show and get the story out there. 
And it, uh, I, it was just an incredible experience. And I did lots of readings beforehand, which I think is also important when you're developing any type of piece. It's not that I you know, didn't change it a gazillion times before it became a production. And even when it was up on its feet, I, st- I still was tweaking it and perfecting it. And then when I had to create a third ending to the Hulk with a uh, pink Hulk with this, the latest diagnosis, uh, it was, it's, it was still an evolving process and I'm really proud of where it is now and being now where I first was billed as a two-time cancer survivor. It's now billed as Valerie David, the pink Hulk as a three-time cancer survivor now. So tell me, where do you find your strength going through three cancers? Well, first off, um, I want to say that um, with this, it there's no shame in asking for help. And I think that's really the most important thing. And your focus, Haley, you're wonderful with wellness and, and helping um, people with cancer and survivors to get back on the wellness track from, from having all this, these things happen to their body physically, psychologically. So I want to say that never feel ashamed to ask for help. And I think what helped me get through it was, you know, I, I did have a support group. I did have a one-on-one counseling, still do that. Um, Cause I, you know, I, there's always, I have to get checked every six weeks for the rest of my life. So, you know, it's always, I'm always at doctor's appointments and, you know, always hoping for the best. So even the Hulk, the Hulk needs help. You know, I always um, talk about that, the movie with um, uh, Superman and with Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder, and she's falling from the helicopter and Superman scoops her up and and saves her and he and she says you've got me but who's got you so you know it's important for self care and to have make sure you're taking care of yourself so i feel a lot of the strength comes from asking for help the other thing and which is um, my next project is i have a new show called baggage from baghdad about my father fleeing iraq in 1941 due to religious persecution um and it was a middle eastern pogrom and again that was called the Farhud. And the fact that they fled a country with only what they could carry, they never went back. Everything they had was confiscated. They had to start afresh with what they had. They um, went to India and then they came to America. And I thought, my goodness, my family has been through so much and they're survivors. And it inspired me to be a survivor as well. Plus, I have um, had a grandmother who had non-Hodgkin's and Hodgkin's lymphoma. And in the 50s, she there was only radiation and she was the only one uh, in the hospital on Long Island who had been treated with just radiation to survive cancer. So I, I come from a family of survivors. My own father has stage four metastatic prostate cancer and he's an inspiration to me. At 88, he's getting chemo treatments and we got a phone call that his his um he's doing well the, the it's working so oh, wonderful I just I'm in awe of him and I'm just I'm so grateful for the strong family that I have that serves as an example of for me of strength and courage and they give me that strength and courage even though I'm like getting like the cleft again you're like I should a lot of courage she's very teary today no I love that because 
it takes courage to be vulnerable. That's for sure. And there's a quote that I live by that I think is so true that a friend of mine, Tracy Trevette, who's no longer with us, told me this quote that I feel is the most one of the most impactful quotes I've ever heard. And it is, I need my steel. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Let me start that again. I need my tears to get to my steel. And I feel those tears have helped me get steel. Um, and to get that strength. And again, it's also from family and friends, you know, my parents, my sisters, my family and friends and doctors who also believed in me and believed uh, in me that, that this, I, I, you know, that this could be something where you can overcome these diagnoses. And, and, and I want to say that to people that the, my mantra with the pink Hulk is to never, ever, ever give up hope. Yes. And I, I saw one of your clips and you're, you know, you're, your arms up and you're screaming, never give up hope. And it's just so inspirational, you know, just never to give up. I wanted to ask you because to me, cancer has been my biggest teacher. I just feel like I've learned so much about myself, uh, so much about life in general. I was curious, what has cancer taught you about yourself and just in general, what, what has it taught you? Sure. I, and I agree with you, Haley. It's, it's a, it's a, an amazing life lesson that's taught me so much. And I think the one thing is that no matter what things will get better. And I think that's what cancer taught me. And then not to sweat the small stuff, you know, um, I know with some ways it's like, Oh my goodness, it's delayed. Ah! You know, it's like, okay, it's delayed. That's not so bad. Cause I've had cancer. You know, so. <laughs> comparison, it makes you think that things, there are so many worse things um, in life that, that, you know, that there's always someone who, you know, I, I recently had a friend who passed away and I've never met someone, you know, and she was in her early thirties, go through so much that, um, that it just teaches you a lot of empathy, I think, and to understand what people are going through that, you know, I remember just a really a small example, but significant is I, I was at a medical supply place to get some materials for my father and the woman just looked so upset and so tense. And I, and I was like, something must be wrong. You know, like there must be a reason for her and for that. And then she said to me, she lost her cousin the day before. So you just, you never, you have to understand that how people act and how people are, it's because there might be something that you don't even know about and to have that understanding. And I think it also taught me to be my own patient advocate and to really realize that I have a say-so in my treatment. I have a say-so in what I want in my life. And, and that includes surrounding yourself with people who believe in you. And I have a low threshold of negativity. So I really want to surround myself with people who are positive and that they see the glass, not half full, but fully full. You know? And if it's half empty, mm, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it, that, that's a little tough for me. I, because I just feel like there's, there's so much to be grateful for. And I think too, that I learned even with choosing the medicine that I was on that saved my life, I had a say so in that. 
So um, it taught me to speak up. And when I had been on this ad campaign for a drug called Virzinio, eight months before I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, um, in between acting, I do uh, some copy editing and at this ad agency, I thought, wow, that looks like a really great drug. I don't have metastatic breast cancer, but wow, I'm really impressed with what I'm learning about it. And flash forward eight months later, I get diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer where I would be eligible with, with, with the type I had for metastatic breast cancer that spread to my bones that this could possibly be a drug. And so when my doctor had offered me this one drug, I actually said to her, you know, I studied this ad campaign of this drug. I'd really like to try it. How do you feel about that? And she's like, anything you want. And this is also in the pink cult. And I started taking that drug. And five months later, uh, uh, when I got new scans, there was no evidence of disease, including the cancer that had been, that had shown up in the bones so, you know, that to me is just, and even when, when I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, I actually called my doctor and um, a, few, a month before, you know, because it takes a while with biopsies and everything. And I called her and I was like, I have cancer again. I just know I do. I have these chest pains and they're like, oh no, I'm sure it's fine. I'm like, no, I've got cancer. And I did. So it's to listen to your body and to, you know, um, my instinct wasn't whispering to me. It was screaming at me. And then to really be your advocate, I um, was very happy with my first hospital, but I realized I wanted different care. And I left that hospital and I knew that was the right step for me, that it was time for a change. And just to really be your advocate, um, picking my the medicine, even researching it. Um, also, I, you know, I remember, and, you know, we all get things said to us that we never forget. And I, one of the reasons I, you know, I left and I, I've not really shared this story, but I think it's important I wasn't sure what cancer I had when I had cancer the third time because the breast cancer and the lymphoma, believe it or not, manifested in the same place. So I really actually thought it was lymphoma, but it turned out to be breast cancer in the chest where the lymphoma tumor was in the chest. And I remember when I was getting the biopsy, you know, I was, I said, well, I'm, I'm thinking it might be both. And one of the biopsy doctors said to me, you ought to hope it's lymphoma and not breast cancer. And then I said, why? He's like, I said, because of your, the, in, the chances of you living. And it turned out to be breast cancer. So it's having somebody say that to me. That is terrible, terrible. right? Yes. I mean, I was like, I mean, so when it was diagnosed with breast metastatic breast cancer and it wasn't lymphoma, all I kept thinking was that doctor saying, you ought to hope it's not breast cancer. You ought to hope it's lymphoma. And it wasn't lymphoma. So just things like that where- Right. And what that does to someone's mind and emotions. I mean- Exactly. And then when I started Virginio, um, I was supposed to get blood work to test liver function and CBCs just before I started the medication to have a baseline because it could affect your CBCs. And I never got them. 
And I remember reading about it in the important safety information. And I remember saying, wow, you know, I never got those blood tests. And they're like, you're right. You should have gotten them. And I was like, okay. So I, you know, that was not a good thing because if I had any problems with my CBC or liver function, there was nothing to base it on. And they were supposed to have been there before I even started the medication. So things like that, where you become your own patient advocate. And so, you know, never feel afraid to question or, or say, I'm not quite sure about this. And, and I remember even with the metastatic breast cancer, I got four different opinions on this, like what to do. And they all said the same thing, thank goodness, but never be afraid to stick up for yourself. And even financially, I um, twice, I had outstanding bills of over 5,000 out of pocket. So the insurance covered so much, but we know we've got the deductibles and the co-pays. And I remember contacting the hospital and I said, is there any way we can work on this? They've gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars from the insurance company based on my treatment and the bills were pardoned. So it's never hurts to ask. And it was worth all the paperwork and phone calls to be able to pardon. You know, why should I have to pay out of pocket for something, you know, for cancer, you know, we, it's stressful enough to have to fight the cancer and show up for treatment and have the side effects for treatment, then to have the financial burden on top of that. Our goal as a cancer patient is to survive, not have to worry about putting food on the table because we have this outstanding bill of several thousand dollars. And the other advocacy is that I was allergic to one of the chemo drugs during the stage two breast cancer where I did have chemo. Right now, I don't, I don't have chemo. I have oral medications that are called CDK4 inhibitors, but I knew something was wrong. And I said to my doctor, I'm, I keep getting these horrible side effects. And it turns out I was allergic. I was getting those adverse side effects and they ended up taking me off of that chemo. So that's something that, you know, if, if you're feeling something's not right or you're having these side effects where I couldn't breathe, um, I was coughing all the time. I said, this is not normal, you know, and it turned out when I spoke up and they did further testing with a pulmonologist, and this is also in the pink hole, I was taken off the drug. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, right. You, you know, for everyone listening, be your own best advocate and listen to your body. That is so huge. huge. I mean, look how many times you, you listen to your body and, and, and look what happened. And then I have to go back just to the medication because to me, that was divine intervention like that. I mean, if you believe in God, if you believe in a higher power, whatever it is, that was just amazing. Yes, I really, I mean, there, there are no accidents. And then the day before I had the metastatic breast cancer, when they, I was getting a mammogram, um, they called me the hospital and said, you're actually out of the blue, Haley, out of the blue, the day before 
you're eligible for a contrast mammogram. Do you want it? And I'm like, sure. And it was, and this is also in the show, it was an extra $93 and 25 cents. And I did the math that that's about a month's worth of daily lattes from Starbucks. Uh, so I'm like, yes, let's do it. And the mam- the contrast mammogram showed a new tumor that the regular mammogram would not have. So again, divine intervention, you know, I just, I don't, I, I'm, I just am so grateful for that. And I also think too, that, you know, we had talked about getting help and, and I know that so many friends and family wanted to help me, but it's uncomfortable for them. A lot of people don't know how to help you, you know, your friends and family. And they're like, how can I help you? How can I help you? And I found that just giving them tasks to do, they're so willing to do it. I said, okay, how about, can someone help me do my laundry where I'm not feeling well and I'm feeling very weak. So I had a friend do my sheets and towels, having people and not being afraid and saying, okay, I, can you bring food? And I had people make dishes for me and just to help me out when I wasn't feeling well. Cause you know, even though I'm the pink Hulk and it's positive, rah, 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 I'm not going to sugarcoat that cancer wasn't the hardest thing I've ever gone through and, and how hard it is for anyone to go through, including the loved ones. So it was really helpful. And with radiation, I had um, several weeks of radiation Monday through Friday and I set up a calendar and I was like, okay, who's coming with me? Sign up, you know? And I had people going with me um, to the radiation and, you know, just helping me and, and they were more than willing to, but I think you kind of have to guide your friends and family because they're like, I want to help. What can I do? And they're at a loss because, you know, they have no control, you know, with how to help you. And so, uh, you know, it gives them a sense of control. Cause I know with my mother and father, um, you know, it's hard to, to know that you, you might outlast your child. And I think that's so hard for a parent. So it was really tough for my mom. And, and I remember when I had lymphoma and I had a complication, um, you know, my mom just started to cry and she said, I wish it were me instead of you. You know, it's really so hard as a parent. So, you know, you want to, um, you know, uh, make them feel like they're helping. You know, my it was my mom always and dad too wanted to help and what can we do? And, you know, it, it was really great to have that support and to make them feel that they were helping me because they felt helpless. They yes. felt helpless. That's so true. It's such a lesson to people to ask for what you need and the caregiver or your support person is going to feel so good because they want to help and they feel helpless. So that is such a great lesson. You know, I just wanted to ask you, I know you do a lot of work for Gilda's club and some other charities. So I just wanted you to go into that a little bit. Sure. It's been really wonderful. And um, I, what's transitioned with the pink Hulk, which is what my goal was, but I think of late with virtual now, it actually pushed the envelope further for me to get to my goal. So now with the Pink Hulk, um, when they're not in-person performances, but will be, I'm going to, to Iceland to do the show in the summer, but um, that 
after, and this is what I did after every performance anyway, I always had an audience talk back. And I also um, raised money for international and, uh, and domestic cancer organizations. But what happened with the Pink Coke of, of late and, and especially last year is that I, I because of virtual, I was able to um, do, I love doing workshops. In fact, this evening, I, ha I have a workshop um, with Guild, exclusively for Gilda's Club members and I do writing exercises. And I actually brought this uh, to, you can't really see it, but I'll ex describe this. I have a pink Hulk cape that I wear in the show and I actually use it in my workshops to say to someone, you know, you put on this cape and what superpower do you want and what would you do with it? So it's really inspiring. So I actually use props in the show uh, during my workshops um, to help inspire cancer patients and make them laugh. You know, the improv has helped me through, through treatment. I performed with an improv through troupe called Cherub, which I still do while I was in treatment with a scarf on and had lost my hair from chemo. And I kept performing and improv was really helped save my life. Cause if anyone knows what improv, it's just making things up on the spot. I could be a, a moon uh, crater that talks that lives in Hawaii. You know, I could just be anything that I want. And, and, I think improv helps you forget about what you're going through and be in the moment of, of performing. And then I do this writing exercise that also prompts them to, to share their writing afterwards. I do for five or six minutes, I'll, I'll give them a writing prompt and then we'll share our writing exercises together out loud. So it's really been very therapeutic and for therapeutic for me too. I remember I was, I was doing a workshop and I, I was waiting to hear back about my own test results. So I was like, this workshop helped me too. And, and they were, and I felt like they were the ones doing the workshop. I got so much from love from them because, you know, they, they picked, you know, they, they were there to pick me up too. So isn't that great? I know. I mean, from you doing all that, you're healing others and you're healing yourself at the same time. I always say that like when I'm helping coaching people to get healthier, right. it, it inspires me so much as well. So it's just, it, it's a win-win. There's yes. no doubt. Uh, revive wellness superhero. <laughs> I love it. Can that be the next? Superhero. too. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, too. And so your, you know, journey with everyone as well, all your clients and, and, you know, and being part of this wonderful podcast. Well, thank you. I just love, you know, meeting such amazing, interesting and inspirational people like you. So now we're just, it's time for random round. So are you ready? Yes, I am ready for random round. Great. Fill in the blank. Freedom to you is? Not caring about what people think anymore. <laughs> I think, yeah. Great. The last show you binged and loved? Um, Ted Lasso, uh, Jason Sudeikis. An incredible show. I, I loved it up till four in the morning watching all the episodes. It's hilarious. So great. When you're feeling afraid, what do you do? I meditate. Um, I take a bath and I go and call a friend. 
Ah, sounds perfect. If you could have a one hour discussion with someone past or present, who would it be and why? I would love to talk with my grandfather, Nissim Isaac David, um, who died when I was five because um, he is part of that, that new show that I have called Baggage from Baghdad. And I would love to have found out more about his life in Iraq and, and, uh, and how he felt bringing the family over to America. That just sounds, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, incredible. What is your favorite go-to snack? Uh, uh, Lent sea salt chocolate. <laughs> uh, dark chocolate. I, I have dark chocolate every day, but sea salt is like my absolute favorite. And then also if I can add hummus and any type of chip with, a, with hummus. I love hummus. What's one simple thing that brings you joy? Um, honestly, I love friends, um, the TV show and it's on three or four times a day and it's on late night and I just have it on in the background. I watch friends. I love that. And I'm so happy they're having that reunion this weekend. Um, it brought me such joy. And on a side note, I met David Schwimmer in the street and I had cancer all three times of friends, right? Um, it, it aired, it began in 1994, 95, I believe it first aired. And it's been through me through with me through my cancers. And I met him on the street and I just wanted to tell him that his, that TV show got me through cancer. Oh, and how did he react? He melted. Oh my gosh. You know, I, I first thought he was going to be like, and it was really funny because, um, you know, I do acting and I don't know what came out of my mouth, Haley. I was like, what are you, who are you, Valerie? So I went up to him and I said, you know, I know people come up to you all the time and it, it must be such a nuisance. I'm an actress too. And that happens to me too. And I'm like, really, Valerie, who are you? You know, like, I was like, why did I, you know, but he melted and he shared a story about a family member who had cancer and, he said to me, I, I want you to know, I, I hope we helped you through this. And I'm honored that you told me that. And uh, I, I started to cry. And I was just like, you have no idea all these years I wanted to tell you how much your show meant to me. And it still does. I still I still laugh. It's it's a hilarious show. And it's a great show. That's something neither of you will ever forget. What's on your nightstand? It is a damn it doll, you know, like uh, my, someone gave me that if you're mad, you can hit it and it's called a damn it doll. So, um, yeah. So I love it. That was the best answer yet that I've gotten. <laughs> crazy, you know, pink um, uh, string ha yarn hair. So it's, it's my damn it doll, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite form of movement or exercise? Biking. I love biking. Yeah, it means a lot to me because I because uh, of the bike marathon that I did after treatment. I love to bike. And what's one thing you're really grateful for in your life right now? I'm grateful that I'm still alive. <laughs> you know? um, I'm just grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for my friends and my family. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful to, you know, keep going. And, and you know, I'm grateful that when there are hard days that, you know, I, I, I will bounce back and that I have 
the strength to bounce back. And, and, and if I ever have to keep activating that inner superhero for whatever lies ahead, that I have that inner superhero that's, that's, that's waiting in the wings if it needs to come back. And to wrap up, where can people find you? Yes, find me. Uh, yes, I'm in New York. You can find me in New York among 8 million people in Manhattan. Um, but um, you can find me. Uh, um, my my um, email is pinkhulkplay at gmail.com. My website is pinkhulkplay.com. If anyone who's listening wants to contact me and have any ideas about me bringing the pink Hulk to them, I'd be happy to do that. Um, any uh, marketing ideas to you know bring it to you um, and even talkbacks. I do more than just perform as we spoke earlier. I do workshops and talks and, and, and motivational speaking. So I want to you know be on tap for that if people are interested in that as well. So well, yeah, I would sure love to bring it to Cleveland. So I'm gonna ask around. <laughs> It's now I want to come to Cleveland and I can't thank you enough, Haley, for having me on. And it is such an honor and I'm so in awe of you and you inspire me and so many others. Well, I feel the same about you. I, I think it's just like an immediate connection and thank you so much for being on. And I can't wait till the next time I talk to you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so will really help this podcast get noticed and will help us to inspire more people. And remember, the sky is the limit when you take your power back when it comes to your health.